You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Chang Dali, and I'm going to be talking to him through his translator, Wu Ching, and Wu Ching is in New York, while Chang Dali is in China, so I want to thank you both for being here today. Thank you for having us. Wu Ching, let's begin. I, I, first thing I want to ask Chang is about the show, which is, of course, at Eli Klein. It's running through August 19th. And the show is called Suffocation, and these are mm-hmm. uh, cyanotypes, which we'll discuss. But I'd love to talk about that title, Suffocation. Um, this seems to perhaps relate to uh, political uh, situations as well as... Um, mm-hmm health situations. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the title, Suffocation? Got it. Zhang老师,这边,他们想知道这个展览的标题,Suffocation,窒息. Okay, um, so that is said, uh, yes, for sure, this um, title of the exhibition is highly uh, COVID-related, but also beyond that. Um, it's more like a key, the COVID is like a key to um, understand the whole Chinese political environment that uh, he was trying to say the suffocation um, not only stands for the COVID experience, it also stands for the whole um, uh, seemingly we cannot breathe in under such a political environment. And yeah. And so to to talk about that a little bit, there's one um, red cyanotype on cotton, and of course it has just those words, I can't breathe. We're going to talk about more works, but when you talk about Mm -hmm. the political situation, um, what does that mean for an artist that they can't breathe? Because of course you are making work, but um, I can't breathe means, means what? I'm not or uh, how you can he can talk more about that if he wants and related to COVID or anything else but how it, does that relate to the politics of being uh, an artist um, that is said um, Ken Brace is not only about one single artist and um, also it's not about like if I can create some works or not it's more about reflecting the whole political environment uh, it's about tell the rest of the world that what um, the Chinese people is experiencing and the reason why I'm using English rather than Chinese to say the word I cannot breathe um, because the exhibition is at New York. So um, it's for understanding. And um, that those words mean something very special in New York too. Uh, yes. George Floyd, uh, a black man who was um, killed by police officers, that was his last words that everybody keeps yeah. talking about. I can't breathe. Was yeah. he thinking of that too? Because that has a, a certain political meaning in this country. Yes, yes. Uh, that is said, yes, um, he did, uh, he, he was aware of this um uh, phrase has a different meaning in U.S. political environment, um, but he would like to declare that um, he doesn't consider uh, his exhibition is quite about racial um, questions. 
um, and he was trying to say like in China what he mean by uh, I can't breathe. It's like we can still breathe in the personal spaces and uh, also at private occasions, but in a large scale of the context, let's say in the um, social environment or a public expression, that we have way less uh, freedom of speaking or breathing. He said we only can gain um, access to the news about uh, Floyd in China very limitedly. So um, he, he, he doesn't want to talk very much about that because we have a limited source of uh, the news. So, yeah. The, the next question in Herbarium Pergoda Tree, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a beautiful image that seems to stand in contrast to um, some of the politics of the show. Can you talk about that image which was made in 2020 right in the middle of the pandemic, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he said, yes, this uh, uh, particular print was made during the uh, COVID-19 and it was uh, right in the middle of that. And um, this tree was actually uh, planted in his garden, uh, the garden of his studio. And at, at that time, he was not able to go outside. He was not able to um, buy any food. So he, he, he just ordered them to the home. Um, so basically, the choice of the subject is a metaphor of that he was not really able to so-called breathe because um, he, he, he was only able to observe the tree that was in his garden rather than outside of the, um, say, his studio. And that was a representation of the limit of his um, choice of subject. Oh, uh, Daddy was worried about, uh, we are calling that a print. So he, he was wondering if we understand that was a cyanotype. And uh, I told you, yes, uh, you do understand it's a cyanotype print. So, yeah. It's a- yeah, and, 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 and to speak about um, that process, since he brought that up, the cyanotype process is a, is a beautiful and very old process. In, mm-hmm. in two prints, um, I call them prints because, yeah, that seems to be how we refer yeah. to sanotype here. It's a printmaking yeah, process, yeah. right? You're, you're mm-hmm. using a surface, whether it's cotton or paper, and, um, and we're putting an image onto it, you know, with this, um, with this really photographic and process that's using the sun and, and, so, um, and making photograms is what, what, you know, they've been known as in the past. So to make my question concise, Cyanotypes are often blue. In fact, that's all I see of cyanotypes is blue. Mm-hmm. But there's two in Herbarium Canadian horseweed as well as Herbarium foxtail that mm-hmm. are a gorgeous yellow and red. Can you tell me a little bit about how a cyanotype becomes yellow and red? Because I've only seen blue. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, so that he said it's basically using all the same techniques since it was invented uh, from 1842. But um, he did something to alter the uh, the liquid. Uh, it just shows a different color, and he said he can basically make that um, every color he wants. 
I love that. I've, yeah, I've never heard of that before. In the in the um, image called Dove, um, there's there's two figures. There's doves. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how this is made. This is, as I understand it, with a body laid actually on the cotton, correct? And in this case, is it mm-hmm. two bodies that are laying next to one another on the cotton? And is one of those his bodies? Yes, uh, Daddy said, yes, the, the figure was he himself and his assistant. And um, the reason why it was uh, them, because they were like uh, during COVID and they cannot leave and he cannot call the models come to the studio. And yeah, so they just laid down on a canvas and it was them. I, I really like that. That's such a haunting and beautiful print uh, image. Um, Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't say prints because these aren't multiples. But um, yeah. there's one one more I'd like to talk about. Dove, forty one, which is twenty twenty one. This is a print that's red. It has doves all over it. Um, I'd like to know two things about this this image, this work of art. Um, one is how is that done? Are these doves laid on the cotton? And mm-hmm. um, and the second question about that is, I'd like to know a little bit more about the feeling of this because this looks at once like something uh, about freedom, and it also yeah. relates in America to something like um, the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds, where the birds are swarming mm-hmm. in the sky. So those are two very different associations with doves. So um, yeah, so yeah. To summarize, I'm curious how that print how that image was made, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the doves laid on there and, um, and, and the, the, the story behind it or the narrative in there, because it feels both like, uh, like freedom and also like a, a kind of a swarm. Got it. Got it. Um, so that is, uh, for the doves, technically it was, this work was done, um, because he, uh, collected so many, uh, herbariums of all kinds of, birds and uh, plants. Um, so it was um, dust herbarium. So he just uh, laid them on the canvas and uh, cast the shadow. And uh, the metaphor of this work, he was using the same um, re- representations of the uh, dust that he was trying to say that um, they were supposed to represent freedom and peace, but it's um, casted in a red shadow, and um, it's just some um, gives a hint of they cannot really breathe. That the doves themselves also can't quite breathe. That that's a suffocating situation. You mean? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I I have one last question, which is a little off topic. I'm just mm-hmm. curious um, what Dali is 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 reading or looking at now. Um, uh, uh, Daddy said he has been reading the critique of the pure reason from Kant for uh, yeah, years because he was uh, really uh, interested in the question that what is the uh, relationship between us and the world and uh, how do we view the world? Are we actually uh, seeing a real thing or yeah? It's, it's basically uh, he, he's thinking about a lot um, about the skepticism and. 
Thank you. I, I just want to say, um, I, I want to thank Dali and thank you, but I also want to ask Dali, is there anything else he wants to say? Is there any question that I didn't ask or anything else he wants to say about the show, anything at all? Dali said, um, really appreciate your invitation. Thanks so much for being here. And he, um, he doesn't have anything to add. And yeah, thank you. Well, I want to thank you, Uching, and also Dali mm. for talking with me today and uh, encourage the listeners to look at the links here and come see the mm. show. And if you're too late to see the show, it's closing August 19th, but mm-hmm. to reach out to the to the gallery, of course, Eli Klein. Mm. Um, again, I want to thank both of you for talking mm. with me today. Thank you. And, yeah. and Uching, th- thank you for, for translating. You did a great job. <laughs> Yeah, thank, thank you as well. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.